Alright, I'll try and get it in. Turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Philippians 1, verse 6. Good to be here again this morning. Trust that the Lord uh, blessed each one in the Sunday school uh, hour. And we thank God for each of you being here. Regretted to cancel Wednesday. Uh, it was hard. You looked out and you thought, well, that was it. And, and then, you know, it kind of kept raining. You hear things about the flooding and whatnot. And, you know, it, you don't know what all there is and out and about and on the way here. But we're glad everybody was safe here. I know others had it worse than us. But we're thankful each one here made it through. Amen. Continue to be in prayer uh, for the services next uh, uh, Wednesday. I'll be preaching from the Church Covenant and then Sunday Brother Crowder will be preaching first. I'll preach second and then we'll have our business meeting. I did find a thumb drive and it had a file saved on it so I was able to put in all the numbers I had hard copies of all the all the uh, um, treasures reports and so I uh, was able to get all the stuff updated and so we're back on track so you'll have everything I appreciate your prayers I'll find it one of these years and uh, and I'll go, what's this? And then I'll plug it in and go, oh, okay. But uh, anywho, they'll probably be obsolete when I find it. But uh, Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, I appreciate y'all's patience with that. Um, I want to speak this morning on another good thing. Another good thing. We noted two good things. <coughs> Uh, already we noted there particularly where Joseph said it's it, you meant it for evil but God meant it unto good to save much people alive and how that there's things in our lives that some people they intend evil but God he means it for good he'll weave it for good won't he Amen. And then we noted as well how that that it's good. David spoke about how there in the 119th Psalm, I want to get it right. Let me turn there right quick. He said, It is good for me that I have been afflicted. That I might learn thy statutes. In verse 67, he said, Before I was afflicted, I went astray. He didn't say it was good that I went astray so I could be afflicted. That's not what he said. I know some people think it's, Well, if I'd have never went astray, then I'd have never been afflicted and I'd never learned these things. Well, you could have learned them right from the Word of God. My father said, You don't have to walk through mud to know you're going to get dirty. You don't. 
And so we noted those two good things. I want to note this one here, Philippians 1 and verse 6. Paul's writing to the church at Philippi. I believe this is one of the Lord's churches. I believe this was uh, there. Uh, one of the charter members was uh, the Philippian jailer. And how that there that night, Paul and Silas were in the jail and they prayed and sang hymns. And you think about that, uh, that was that ended up being a good thing. That was a, a evil thing that men uh, started out, it was evil, but God meant it unto good to save much people alive. And here they were, their feet were bound in the stocks, they were in the inner prison, and what did they do? They prayed and they sang hymns, and, and that Philippian jailer, he... He had, they had been beaten, and he came in there, and, and he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they preached unto him, the Lord Jesus said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved in thy house. And that same night, what did he do? He took them and he washed their stripes, and believing on the Lord Jesus with all his house, they were all baptized. And then we read about here in Philippi, or in Philippians about a church at Philippi, and notice chapter or chapter one verse one with bishops and deacons. So evidently this church grew rather rather large enough that they had bishops and deacons. That they had the need for both bishops plural and deacons plural. But I want you to notice verse six. Paul says this under the church at Philippi, being confident of this very thing. And you know, there's not a lot of things to be confident about in this world, is there? But we can be confident of this. We can be confident of everything in this Bible. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And so I want to look here at this good work. This is a good work. Many people do not think that the good work that God begun in you and this is the good work that God started in you the day He saved you, they do not think it is a good work. But under the authority of the Word of God, it is a good work, isn't it? Many will scoff at it, just like they scoffed at Noah's Ark. But it is a good work. And God's Word says it's a good work. There's a lot of things going on today that people say, well, these are good works, but God's Word never said that they were good works. But He said this is a good work. And Paul said you can be confident about it. You can be confident that this is a good work.
He said, being confident of this very thing. And you know, you and I have the great privilege of being a part of this work in many ways. We're going to learn about that. Some of that, Lord willing, we'll get to assemble Wednesday uh, uh, and meet our church covenant. It tells us that uh, we engage, therefore, by the aid of the Holy Spirit uh, to walk together uh, and it says uh, to contribute cheerfully and regularly to the support of the ministry, the expense of the church, the relief of the poor, and the spread of the gospel through all nations. That's one of the ways we get to and we have the privilege of being a part of this good work through the tithes and offerings of this assembly. That's just one of them. And we can be confident of that. I don't know how some of these folks who go to some of these places, they got no accountability. And the mass corruption that takes place in these places, well known, I don't know how they can be confident in that. We look here and we see in scriptures that this is a good work. Now, first of all, I want to note this morning, what is, what is the, the, the good work? What is the good work? Well, notice our text, verse 6, it says, that he which hath begun a good work in you. Well, who's he talking about? He's talking about God. God's the one. He's not talking about Paul. Paul's not referring to himself. He's talking about God. God's the one who began this work. So, what is the work of God? Because there's a lot of people who if you ask, well, what's the work of God? Well, let's, let's just turn to John chapter 6 and verse 29 and let's read and see what God tells us in the Bible, the Word of God, what... The Bible tells us is the work of God. What does God tell us is the work? Because the Bible answers this question for us. What is the work of God? Well, in John 6 and verse 29, it says. Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God. And then he's going to tell you what it is. That ye believe on Him whom He hath sent. So, what is the work of God? That you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That's the work of God. And you say, well, I've already done that. But Paul said that he it, it was a beginning, didn't he? Mm -hmm. But I want you to observe here, and I want you to just look for just a minute. This is the work of God. That's it. This is it. 
The work of God is that we would believe and trust on the Lord Jesus Christ. Hold on just a minute. There's no more bathroom breaks over here in this second pew. There's no more drink breaks. There's no more bathroom breaks. You went at the end of Sunday school. You just went right now. You don't need to go anymore. You've got everything you need. There's nothing else that you need to get out of this pew for. If you need to get out, I'll tell you you need to get out. Do you understand? Now sit down and be quiet. I took two of you with me Friday night over to Sefner for a service and I didn't even know you were there and you were sitting next to me. And there's no reason you can't act like that today. Do you understand? So quit getting up and going to the bathroom. I watched you guys watch TV and play video games. And you don't get up and go to the bathroom every 5, 10, 15 minutes. So you don't need to do it here at church. It's ridiculous. And it stops right now. Never again. You go before church, you go in between services, and you wait till afterwards. And if you gotta go to the bathroom while I'm preaching, you just go right there in that pew, and I'll clean it up afterwards. You understand me? You understand me? I'll take care of it. But you don't need to be getting up and going to the bathroom and going to the back over and over again. If you guys can play video games for your 45 minute turn and then play video games with the other person for their 45 minute turn, which is an hour and a half, and never go to the bathroom, then you don't need to get up and go to the bathroom three, four times while I'm preaching or while Brother Crowder's preaching. You don't have to go to the bathroom. You're bored. And you're bored because you're carnal. And you're carnal because you're lost. And I know that because I've been there. You understand? And I'm not picking on you. It's the reality of it. But you're not going to keep getting up and going to the bathroom to all the services all the time. It's disruptive to me. Okay? You're old enough that you can sit there for 35 to 40 minutes, right? Correct? You've got some snacks. Okay? Well, then you ate them all already. And you ate breakfast before you came here. So you ought to be able to make it home to when we eat lunch. Right? And I love you guys, and that's why I'm talking to you. And if you think that what I'm doing is bad, you're getting it a whole lot less than what Horatio got at your age. Because I had a song leader come up and lead singing, and I took him out back and whooped him. 
and a data winner in Kansas. Because I was young and immature. So, that and I had two arms. So, that was a joke. So you guys just, you can handle sitting there, okay? Thank you. Now I gotta start all over. That was a joke too. <clears throat> I don't know, maybe I do. <clears throat> all right. So this is the work of God that they would believe on whom He sent and He sent the Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't send anybody else. He sent the Lord, that's it. There's nobody else coming. So I want you to turn back to our text and in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6, Again, Paul reiterates. He says, I'm confident of this. I'm assured of it. You talk about something, and again, like I said, there's not a lot of things to be confident of today. Is there? There's not a lot of assurance. Not a lot of things that you can be assured of. But this book, this Bible, is one of those things... And as Paul said, being confident of this very thing, that He which hath begun a good work in you will perform it. Well, what's the good work that He began in you? The good work He began in you is trusting the Lord, believing on the Lord Jesus. You know what the first thing ever was? It was just that little look. That looking to the Lamb. That little look when you'd been bit by the fiery serpent because of sin and you looked to the brazen serpent that you might be saved. That, oh, if I could touch the hem of His garment because you had that issue of blood. Just that, that, oh, if, if, if you would just speak the word, then my, my daughter would be healed. That's, that's the work of God. And if God doesn't do it, if God doesn't do that work that you would believe on whom He sent, the Lord Jesus Christ, then it's not going to take place, is it? Amen. It's a glorious, wonderful work. And it's begun the day you're saved but aren't you glad that's not the end of it? He said it's only that's only the beginning, but I'm confident that he's going to perform it. 
You know, imagine what if the only thing you go to a, a ball game, you go to a hockey game, they drop the puck at the beginning, they have the face off, and then the players skate off the ice, and that's the end of the game. Baseball, the first pitch, they go off, go in the dugout, game's over. Football, they do the kickoff, that's it. I'd say something about soccer, but that's not a real sport. No offense, Frankie. But anyways, you understand that it's a continuous work. How does that work continue? He's going to perform it. Now, is this some mystical thing? Is it some magical work that's done? Well, let's again turn to the Scriptures, if you would. And let's examine what the Bible says. Turn, if you would, to Romans chapter 10. And I'd like to notice about the work of God. How does the work of God begin? How does God go about this work? How does the Lord do this? Great, wonderful work. It's a supernatural work. But as Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, we're also co-laborers with God. See, there's, there's different aspects to the work. There's that outward work and there's also the inward work. There's that work of that we do, the Lord's church, God's men, there's the preachers, there's the disciple work, there's the work that moms and dads do over their children, preaching the Word of God, there's the work that children do for their lost parents, there's the work that, that uh, 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 neighbors do, that grandparents do, that, that it's just done, that saved people do for lost people. Desirous that their souls would be saved. In Romans 10, the Bible says in verse 8, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Notice that. Which we preach. Verse 9, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? Now listen, this is the work of God, right? That they would believe on Him whom He hath sent. Well, Paul asks the question, How then shall they call on Him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Well, God took care of all these things, didn't He? God took men and He said, I want you to go and preach the gospel and I want you to go and preach the gospel and I want you to go and preach the gospel and I'm going to establish my church I'm going to give men spiritual gifts and I'm going to call them away from uh, secular things and I'm going to call them away from they're going to have gifted abilities they're going to be great in this and they can make a lot of money doing this and that and the other but you know what? I'm going to call them away from those things and I'm going to send them out to preach the Word of God that souls might be saved, that a good work might be done in some people. And that will happen to you. Somebody preached the Gospel to you and a good work was begun in you. Somebody preached the gospel to somebody at some point, and then it got to you at some point. Through your mom or dad or grandparent or somebody. God established His church and He said all power, all authority is given unto me. Go ye therefore and make disciples. Teach all nations. I'm going to give you authority to do this. And He said I'm going to give you evangelists. I'm going to give you pastor teachers. And He sent them out. He said you make disciples. You go preach the Word. And there's going to be some drunkard, some drug addict, some whore, some whoremonger, some religious person, and you preach them the gospel, and I'll save them and make them new creatures in Christ, and I'll add them unto the Lord's church. I'll change them. You preach to every creature, and I'll sort them out. I'll save whom I will. Isn't it amazing? This Romans 10 comes after two immense chapters in chapters 8 and 9 where God deals with some of the uh, things that He dealt with before the foundation of the world. And God says, you go preach the gospel. I already took care of the things before the foundation of the world. You preach the gospel. That's your job. Your job is to do what I tell you to do. And these things over here, these are the secret things of God. 
I've told you about them, but they're the secret things of God. You preach the gospel. Now, I don't know how the Lord works. I know that He does work, and I know that the Holy Spirit takes the Word of God and convicts men, women, boys, and girls and draws them unto the Lord Jesus Christ. And I know that because that's what the Word of God says. And that's what I experience, and I know that's what I experience because that's what the Word of God says. Always interpret your experience by the Bible. Don't ever interpret the Bible by your experience. You'll get it wrong. God took the Word that was preached and He convicted me of my sins and He drew me to Christ. And he began a new work, a good work. You know what kind of work was there before that? Nothing. A dead work. Isn't that what James said? James said, well, if it's just dead works if there's no faith. And so he said he's begun this work. Being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. So he's going to continue to perform this work. Well, what is this work? Well, I already told you, it's you and me believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, isn't it? So, more faith. Could you use some more faith today? Amen. Could, you, do you, do, could we trust the Lord some more in 2023? I mean, are we, are we in any storms of life? And your personal, and you, just you, in your world, just you. Not, and I know it's hard to separate you and your spouse, but just you, you in the mirror. Could you use some more faith in the Lord? I bet you could. If you say no, you're lying. Now you and your spouse, because... When you're married, you've become one. Could you two use some more faith? Yep. How about as a as a family? You got kids, grandkids. Some of you got great grandkids. I don't. Anybody got any great great grandkids here? Use some more faith, trust in the Lord with things. And by trust in the Lord, I'm not talking about just, oh, Lord, take care of this. I'm talking about walking with Him. Listen to what Paul says in Philippians chapter 1. Let's read a little further because I don't think that we're, we're so influenced by what the world says is trusting the Lord. Oh, Lord, take care of this. Oh, Lord, take care of this. No. 
when we talk about trusting the Lord, we're talking about not just turning things over to the Lord, but walking and following Him. Doing things God's way. Listen to what he says in verse 7. Even as it is meet or fit for me to thank this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, y'all are partakers of my grace. For God is my record, how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. So those are some of the things he's talking about, isn't it? Look, look just read those verses again. This I pray, verse 9, that your love may abound yet more and more. Your agape love, your unconditional love, your unconditional love for Christ, His Word, His church, for one another, may abound more and more. How about that? I'm not talking about what the world talks about love. Oh, Jesus says to love. You know what their version of love is? That same woke garbage that's on the news about tolerating every sinful act that this world does. That is not love. Amen. He says that your love would abound more and more. Unconditional love. We just studied a whole series on love. I wasn't quite done with it. I'm not quite done with it. I don't know if I'll quite finish it up. I was almost done with it when the accident happened. But I'll tell you what. That series on love was I really enjoyed it. I hope you did too. We went over our love languages and all the things on love and dealt with stuff. The application of that in my personal life at home with my kids, they'll tell you things got different. It just happened around the accident. So they say, oh, boy, you're different around the accident. It wasn't the accident. It was the application of those things. How about this, verse 10, that ye may approve things that are excellent. Do we approve things that are excellent? That ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Verse 11, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. When we think about believing and trusting in the Lord Jesus, is that what comes to our minds? Not typically, is it? Okay, now how about this, verse 12. 
But I would ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill, the one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. So what's Paul say? Think about this. Paul gives this example. He says, I'm in prison. I'm in bonds. And there are people preaching Christ. They've waxed and bold. They've grown stronger because I'm in prison. Now they're preaching Christ. They've heard about it and now they're preaching the Word and they're doing so without fear. They're not afraid anymore. They're saying, Paul's in prison and now they've waxed and bold. They're now preaching the Word of God. And he says, that's great. But then there's others who, they're envious. Oh, Paul's got a great name. He's been cast into prison. I want a great name like Paul, so now they're preaching Christ. So they're doing it out of envy. And then there's some who are preaching Christ because they're trying to add more affliction onto his bonds. And Paul says... I'm just glad Christ is getting preached. There's trust in the Lord, isn't it? Does he say, man, I wish I wasn't in bonds. wish I wasn't in prison. It's not right that I'm in prison. Right? None of that. Trusting the Lord. So it's a good work. So this good work is not just, oh, I gotta trust the Lord, oh I gotta trust the Lord, oh, you know, I'm trusting the Lord and trust the Lord. You can say it all you want, it's not gonna make it so. There's people who trust the Lord or say that, they say, Oh, I'm trusting the Lord, and they wake up in hell. Because they didn't actually trust Him. Don't be one of those people. This is the work of God. He's begun it, and Paul said, I'm confident He's going to continue it. How is He going to continue it? The same way He began it. Through the preaching of the Word of God. That's why he established his church. He said, all right, go make disciples, then baptize them, and then what? Teach them. That's why you need to be here. That's why you need to assemble. That's why you need to hear the Word of God. That's why you need to study at home. That's why we need to apply the Scriptures. I'm so grateful, and it had absolutely zero to do with me. Zero to do with me. That when I got up from the tick you 
the trauma ICU to the trauma floor, and I laid in that bed, and I said, man, what am I going to say about what happened to me? And I thought within the scriptures, and God just painted me into a corner. And the reality is, is that I just kept coming back to a few verses, and ultimately, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away, blessed be the name of the Lord. And I mean that sincerely. My natural state is, woe is me. This is horrible. I can't believe this happened. Now what am I going to do? Negative Nancy. But in that situation... Well, look to the Lord, look to Scriptures. Thank God. So we have to turn to the Lord. We have to look to Him if we're going to trust Him. That's the good work. The good work is turning to Him. And you can be confident of this very thing. He's not going to leave you to your own understanding. He's not going to leave you to yourself. He's a good father. You know, if you ask him for bread, is he going to give you a serpent or a stone? If you ask him for Fish, is he going to give you a serpent? No. It's a good work. And so here the Lord continues on. And how does He do it again? He does it with His Word. And he knows exactly how to go about it, doesn't he? I pray the Lord will help us. I pray that he'll bless his word. I pray that you'll find and that if he hadn't begun this work in you, that he will. Amen. That he'll begin it. While it is called today, he'll begin this work. That you'll call on him and believe on Him for the very first time, and you'll call Him Lord and Savior. Saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. That you'll turn to Him. Away from yourself, away from your sin, you repent and believe on the Lord. We want to stand and sing a verse or two. The Lord spoken unto you for salvation. Church membership, we invite you to come.